Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Kevin Ingram. The topics will be National Signing Day as well as Commodore Hoops. So let's get right into our conversation with Kevin. Kevin Ingram joins us today at a busy time for Commodore Athletics. You had National Signing Day yesterday. You got basketball coming up this weekend. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Hope you're well. Oh, anytime, Chris. Glad to do it. Let's talk National Signing Day. I know we're not going to drill too deep into this, but what were your thoughts on the class that Clark Lee assembled? Um, you know, I, it looked to me like they addressed a little bit of everything. I, I'm looking at this group, especially on defense. Uh, I was joking they got two of everything, two corners, two safeties, two uh, defensive linemen, two edge rushers, and two linebackers. I think that pretty much covers it all. Uh, obviously, the, the guys are that are the, the biggest names are A.J. Swan, the quarterback, and Darren Agu, the, uh, the edge rusher. And an uh, interesting story on Agu, you know, a guy from, from London who ended up playing high school ball in Georgia uh, AJ Swan, another Georgia native. I know they're pretty excited about him, but I, I always think that there's part of me that says the, the star rankings and signing ratings and all that stuff sort of they are what they are. But then there's also that correlation between the teams that always win on signing day seem to win an awful lot when it comes to actually playing the game. So there certainly is a correlation. But I, I think there's a lot to be happy about with this class. Uh, it finished somewhere in the top 35, top 40, if you you know if you look at the uh, the services and so forth. So I think uh, and talking to Clark Lee yesterday too, I think he felt pretty good about uh, how things went. And I always figure it's a huge relief for these coaches to have all this done and have the guys sign and, and probably pick up a few more before uh, February gets here. So did you just call this the Noah's Ark class? <laughs> That's kind of how it felt, wasn't it? Right. Two by two over on defense. That's right. Yeah, every, everybody on the boat. Yeah, there was a sense of optimism in that building yesterday for sure. And I, I think that, and I've said this, the national rankings, look, they're, they're not going to be beating Georgia and Alabama and those teams anytime soon. But you look at film and, and they got better. They had to upgrade their talent. And, and I don't mean to pile on here, but you look at where some of the kids are leaving or landing, that tells you a lot about the talent level they've got. I think that they have upgraded a good bit in this class because I watch film. And I, I Frankly, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the recruiting experts don't know what they're doing because they do, but how much difference is there a guy that's 400 in his class and 800, right? I mean, right, yeah. the, the, are we going to sit down and split hairs over the – the 557th guy. I, I don't know that it goes to that level of detail. I look at it and I go, do these kids look like they can play at this level? And to me, when I watch the film, and granted it's highlight film, but you can tell a lot about how a guy runs or hits or whatever. And for the most part, I liked what I saw. Yeah, same here. I watched some of the highlight videos, probably saw some of the same ones you did. The uh, the kid Davian Walker, goodness sakes, that was some serious speed. Uh, I, I saw some of his highlights, but yeah, it, you, you never really know what you have until they get to campus and they start doing workouts with the team and, and start really understanding what it takes to play uh, college football in the SEC. I'm always curious about the linemen and, and how long it takes those guys to develop. I, I know they, they played a freshman or two this past season, but it takes a little bit longer for those guys, and that's the spot where they really need some help. But uh, the, the three offensive linemen, you got a couple of uh, defensive linemen they signed, but you know th- those guys have to – especially uh, take that time to get their bodies ready to play at this level. 
going to go off topic for just a minute, but how about Deion Sanders yesterday? That was crazy. I've covered a lot of these. I don't ever remember a story remotely like that. No, that's that's pretty interesting, getting the uh, highest-rated player in the country to, uh, to sign with Jackson State. Uh, yeah, I, I got to give Deion credit, man. He, he's done a good job down there. I didn't know how that whole thing would go. I mean, yeah, you, you never know how invested guys are going to be. Being a head coach sounds good, and then when, when they sometimes when, when folks get into jobs, uh, they're not as interested as maybe they thought they were at first. But I got to give him props, man. He's done a good job there, and, and that, that was pretty wild to see that happen yesterday. Yeah, one of the funniest things, uh, and it, I didn't connect all the dots uh, just in the shock of the moment, but I went to War Chant. There was a thread over there that was titled, We Need to Unretire Dion's Number. What, at, at Florida State? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, he, I thought he was, it was number too. two in college, right? I mean, we right. always know him as 21 in the pros, but he was number two at, at Florida State, if I remember right back in the day. That, that's been a minute since he played there. I saw him play once in person. It was when I think he had just left the Falcons for the Niners. I was in the Georgia Dome. Um, he got a pick. Um, I think it was a game where he and Andre Risen got into it. He got a pick that he picked off about the goal line. And about 10 yards into his sprint, he knew that he was going to score. And he's just holding uh-huh. the football out and taunting the whole sideline the whole way. That was my that was my Deion Sanders moment. I saw him play both football and baseball. I didn't see him play a ton of times football. I know I saw him play once when he was with the Ravens. I, I'm sure I saw him play a couple of times with maybe other teams. I remember seeing him play baseball for both the Braves and the Reds. He, he spent some time with both those teams. And what I remember about watching him play baseball was – Anytime he came up, I was always rooting for him to hit one in the right field corner just so I could watch him circle the bases because, man, he he is about as fast as anybody I can ever remember see play baseball. And, uh, you know, he, he he played both for a while and uh, varying degrees of success, but he was a fantastic athlete back in the day. There's no question about it. Yeah, the one thing constant about Dion is is he has been interesting from the moment we knew who he was until now. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, enough of Dion. Um Let's talk basketball. What are you seeing so far? It's been a rough patch for them lately. It has. uh, The game against Loyola Chicago lost by 11 last Friday night. Now a little break here between games to play Austin P on Saturday afternoon. But uh, in some ways, I just give props to Loyola. They were awesome. What a good team. Uh, They reminded me a lot of the team I saw play for years, Belmont. Uh, maybe a little bigger, a little more athletic version of Belmont. But I love the way they passed. They just shot the lights out. They hit 17 threes. And you can look at it and say, okay, there's there's a story both ways. A, they shot great. B, Vanderbilt probably could have defended better. But they also missed a few wide-open looks they had and probably could have had uh, more three-pointers than that. For Vanderbilt, overall, the defense has been really good. Uh, that, that was an outlier, uh, that game against uh, Loyola the other night. Because Vanderbilt has held opponents to really seven threes per game and right at 30% from behind the arcs. They've really done a pretty good job defensively. The problem at times, as we've seen, has been scoring. You just have, it seems like these stretches in every game where there will be a drought and they just, the, the ball kind of stops, as Jerry Stackhouse talks about. The, the, you know, he, he wants the ball to keep moving, keep moving like, uh, like Loyola does. Um, and uh, if sometimes it just doesn't go that way. Scotty Pippen Jr. has been able to string together some good games. The one against Temple the other night was a real heartbreaker. They they did such a great job of uh, battling back to get that game to overtime. And as the old saying goes, it's one thing to come back; it's another thing to come back and win. And they just couldn't finish the job after 
scoring 17 points in just over a minute at the end of regulation. They scored scored 15 points in the last minute of regulation against Temple to get it to overtime, including the three by Pippen that tied the game, but uh, just couldn't finish the job there. Austin P comes in on Saturday, and then Vanderbilt goes to Hawaii, so maybe a chance to uh, kind of turn things around here and, and maybe this little stretch of, of days where you've maybe had more practice time and, uh, of course, the players have been uh, finishing up their semester and exams and so forth, but maybe that'll serve them well after, uh, as you said, a, a tough little stretch here where they've uh, dropped four straight games. Have you ever seen a missed free throw executed as well as it was late in that Temple game? It was beautiful. I, that was crazy. I mean, you the, can't draw the, it up any better than that. You you couldn't have dra- drawn up that entire stretch any better than that. Uh, the, the free throw by Jermaine Mann. You know, he had a chance at a three-point play, but it wouldn't have really made any sense to make the free throw because he only had a couple seconds left. You know, you can't really play the foul game, and if they go down and make both free throws, you're, you're done because they would have been ahead by four. But he threw it off the rim. It was a scramble for the loose ball. It rolls out of bounds, and Temple touched it last, and all of a sudden Vanderbilt's got a couple seconds down by three and a chance to tie the game, and uh, they set up a couple different ways around the timeout. And uh, ran Pippen off the man screen, got him to the corner, and, and Jordan Wright threw a nice pass, and he hit the three. And, yeah, that, that whole little stretch there. And, really, that's the first – I think that was the first and, I believe, only single-figure game of the season for Vanderbilt. First time you've been in a, in a situation like that where you're in a, in a late-game spot trying to execute something. They did a good job, I thought, in both instances. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. What will be interesting... Because I heard Jerry Stackhouse's explanation after losing to Loyola and giving up all those open threes. He said, you know, we're a, we're a guard the middle team. We don't want to get beat that way. And now Loyola's not going to beat you that way, but you saw how they can beat you. Um, I, I don't know that the SEC is going to have teams like that that they'll face every night, but he made a good point. He said, this has been our priority where we, we do this and we're not going to let you do that. And it makes us vulnerable to those other things. It's going to be very interesting to see how he adjusts or doesn't adjust going forward when they play another team like that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Outside of Alabama, I don't know if you're going to see teams that shoot the three nearly as well as Loyola does or shoots as many threes as they do. Uh, You see Vanderbilt play a lot of zone, play a lot of 1-3-1, and that can leave you with some vulnerable spots uh, in terms of three-point shooting, you know, especially on the baseline or maybe on on the wings if you don't get out and cover those spots. Uh, But... Yeah, I, I, it'll be to me. I, I don't know that they'll play a team in the SEC that's anything like what Loyola does. So 
that that strategy defensively will will probably serve you better playing against some of the squads in the Southeastern Conference. But I, again, I think they've been okay with the defense. I just think it's the other end of the court and and really just poor shooting by guys who are much better shooters than they've shown. Uh, Trey Thomas has gone six of 37 from three and he hit four of those in the game at Pittsburgh. Uh, that's a guy who shot 38%, 38%, 39% from three last year, and you expected him to come in and, and uh, certainly uh, uh, be more successful behind the arc than he has, and I, and I think he still has plenty of time to turn that around. But yeah, the, to me, it's just been so puzzling for a team that, that's generally been pretty good the last couple of years behind the three-point line to only shoot 29% from three. Uh, that's been a struggle because that's a whole lot of their offense, especially with uh, Liam Robbins still on the shelf. Yeah, I don't know how else to explain Trey other than it's almost like he's got the yips, Kevin. I don't want to be critical of him because I know they're out there playing hard and doing the best they can. Nobody wants to go out and play badly, but it's just so unlike what we've seen. I mean, some of his misses the other night were were just way off. Yeah, and and, and you've seen that out of more than one guy where they not just missed threes, but uh, missed wide open looks or missed badly. Uh, you know, Scotty Pippen has had. Yeah, his uh, uneven stretches from three-point land. Uh, he shot 34%. He's he's even things out a little bit. Uh, his free throw shooting hasn't been uh, is probably 10 points lower than it has been over the course of his career, and that's that's something that they depend on too because he's going to get to the foul stripe a lot. So, yeah, just finding that consistent scoring has been such a struggle for this team through this first stretch of nine games. Let's go ahead and go into the mailbag if you're ready for that. Okay, it's always my favorite part. Uh, of course it is. Uh, our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number is 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Door King wants to know, what do you expect against Austin P. Austin P. I've been doing a little uh, prep work on them. They, they have a whole crew of new guys uh, that I had not seen. Uh, they're led by Tariq Silver, who's uh, averaging 14 per game. Uh, they're four and five. They lost back-to-back games, a little stretch uh, down in Florida. They played at North Florida and South Florida, which South Florida isn't necessarily in South Florida, but that's, that's a story for another day. Uh, I, I sort of think Vanderbilt's going to bounce back and play pretty well in that one. I, I just kind of feel like they will. Um, the Austin P has a first year coach in Nate James, a guy who's a terrific player at Duke, uh, won a national championship. It's hard to believe that's been 20 years ago, but he was on coach K's staff for a long time, part of a couple more championship squads, uh, as an assistant coach, but, uh, his first, uh, time as a head coach and, uh, leading Austin P's program, they, they have a few guys that I remember from seeing them a lot in the OVC, Carlos Paez, the uh, point guard has been there quite a while, a Venezuelan guy. Who's a, he's a really nice point guard. I always thought he was a really good player. Uh, been on some national teams in Venezuela and uh, averages six points, two rebounds, and three assists. Can shoot the three. Excellent free throw shooter. Uh, but yeah, just a, some new guys for this Austin P team. I, you know, I, I could say there's a few that I remember. Alec Woodard has been there a while, but uh, sort of a, a new crew of players for the Governors. Yeah, Woodard was the kid that played at Georgia, right? Or am I mistaken him for someone else? He is from Georgia. I want to say he's been at Austin P. though. No, whole you're time. right. You're right. He has. Um, I, I, yeah. They had a kid from Georgia last year, but I think he's gone. They they've really turned over that roster for the most part, which is yeah. like that's no news in in um, college basketball these days. But with a coaching change, uh, their old coach now at uh, what Rio Grande Valley? Yeah, Rio Grande Valley. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah I, I believe that's right. Yeah, and they don't have uh, Terry Taylor anymore. Who? Yeah, Terry was the he might be the greatest player in the history of my high school. He, he went to Bowling Green High and uh, was player of the year in the OVC and all first team all conference multiple times. And 
Uh, he's actually on a two-way deal with the Indiana Pacers now. So uh, that that's a lot to replace. He was a double-double machine. He was just a great player for the guys. Every time I hear UTRGV, I think it's a cable channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, one well, I have yeah, trouble with. Flip houses and stuff, <laughs> right? Right, right, exactly. right, or flip, flip, flip programs in this case. But uh, anyway, right. um, next question from Door King: How does the itinerary for the Hawaii trip look? Uh, well, the itinerary for the team and really for the Ingram family, I guess, are, are pretty close. The team is going to go out uh, a little bit earlier than we are on Sunday. I, suppose, I think they're supposed to be there on Sunday afternoon. Uh, a couple of days of practice games on the 22nd, 23rd and 25th. And then everybody will head home. Some of the players are going to go back to their, their homes after that, because there'll be a, a week or so stretch between games. Uh, we're going to go out uh, myself, my wife and my son. We're going to go on, on Sunday as well. Uh, Nashville to LAX to Honolulu. I, I think I've uh, filled out all the necessary paperwork and submitted all the vaccination cards. They're very strict on all that uh, sort of thing out in Hawaii. So been trying to make sure I have all that uh, uh, buttoned up before we go out there. To me, I'm I'm more worried about that than trying to figure out doing the basketball games. Just make sure we're following all the protocols and so forth, and uh, hopefully everything will be okay. And I, I know uh, COVID has been on the rise again in different places, so hopefully all our games will, will get uh, played just fine. But yeah, just looking forward to it. I've never been to Hawaii, uh, so looking forward to to seeing what it's all about. Going out to the islands, it'll be a long trip. If we can survive the trip, though, I think it'll be a good time. But I know the team uh, has a uh, trip out to see Pearl Harbor scheduled, and so do we. We're going to go there. Um, I have, certainly, that's one place I've always wanted to go. And uh, just looking forward to, to seeing Hawaii. I think it'll be beautiful and fun, and uh, hopefully uh, bring back some wins. Vanderbilt plays Hawaii in the first game. We'll play either uh, South Florida or BYU in the second game. And then there are four other teams on the other side of the bracket that will be the opposition for the third game on Christmas. Yeah, I heard you on Chris Dorch's podcast. This is state number 46 for you, I think. Yeah, 46. Pretty That's good. Right. That's right. Yeah. Pretty good. And this will be, like I say, if we can make it out there, I will have gotten to the two hardest ones, uh, Alaska and Hawaii. I went to the Great Alaska Shootout with Belmont back in 2012. Yeah. And uh, that, that was an interesting trip, too. But, yeah. Uh, the only ones I will have left are the ones across the top, North Dakota and uh, Montana and Idaho, and then uh, New Mexico is the other one. So uh, hopefully I can hit those at some point. If I would have uh, had a little more time and uh, been resourceful, I might could have gotten those three across the top. I went to Spokane a couple seasons back with Belmont, but I just didn't have time to, to get a car. And you could you could have hit Idaho and Montana pretty easy from there. It wasn't very far. And uh, we we're going to go to North Dakota one time when we were in Minnesota. But it was just too far away. We were gonna we were gonna drive out to Fargo and, and check that out. But as it turned out, it was, it was just too far to drive from Minneapolis and back in, in one day. So we did, we did, we backed it and ended up going to Duluth, and that was that was cool too. So, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I can hit those at some point uh, and get them all done. Yeah, I had the same thing happen with North Dakota. I was in Minneapolis. I was gonna try to make it just to go. Then I looked up, uh -huh. and I was like, man, it's two hundred twenty miles. It's <laughs> right. just too it was, much. Yeah, it was a long way, man. Uh, because yeah, we were like, oh yeah, we'll just rent a, you know, we'll, we'll take the rental car, we'll drive out here to Fargo, and then we'll come back, and then we got to look at it. It's like, man, no, you won't. That, that just that just <laughs> looks like a long day. And uh, you know, I I probably told this story on here. I I've hit a couple new states this year just on r random trips that I've been on. Uh, well, not really random trips, but uh, side trips, I guess, is a better way to say it. 
Uh, when we were in Omaha, I, I drove up to South Dakota, and when we played at Colorado State, I made the, the short little trip up to, to Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is only about a half hour away. So, yeah, I was able to, to add those two to the collection this year. I'm trying to scheme North Dakota. I've, I've got Hawaii planned out. I just can't get the wife to cooperate, um, <laughs> which not that I blame her. It's it's unbelievably expensive. But North is, is it North or South Dakota where they have the Corn Palace? You know, where they have the they have like a preseason basketball uh, I, classic I, there every year. Well, now now South Dakota and Sioux Falls they have a place where they play a couple of those tournaments. Yeah, maybe um, that's the, it. The the uh, it's called the Pyramid or something like that. Uh, so it's the court that has the the uh, parquet and a, and a million different three point lines on it, which looks really confusing. And then uh, North Dakota is where Fargo is, like North Dakota State and, and all that. Um, South Dakota is also where Mount Rushmore is, um, but I. I don't know tons about either state. Uh, I, I think North Dakota is where Roger Maris is from as yeah. well, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I feel there, like there, there's my knowledge of the Dakotas. I feel like you'll eventually get New Mexico because there'll be a basketball tournament or something in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah probably so. I'll probably make it out there at some point. I always wanted to do a game with the pit. That, yeah. Uh, they look like a cool game. And everybody I see that, I think of the Lorenzo Charles and – Jim Valvano and, and that that team that, that won the championship there in 1983. Yeah, I, that, that same memory here. Uh, that was an unforgettable game. Um, all right, last one. Pop Hick 4VU, how disappointed are you with the losing streak? And are you seeing any attempts by the coaching staff to make in-game or halftime adjustments? Um, I think this this staff makes adjustments. Um, one, one adjustment I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see Jermaine Mann uh, start to play more. And Jerry Stackhouse said as much in our pregame interview the other day, especially coming out of that Temple game where he was a really big factor. I thought it was interesting, the lineup that you saw down the stretch in that game was Jermaine Mann and Taron Frank and um, Trey Thomas to go with Pippen and Wright. They played a long stretch in that game at the, at the end of regulation and, and almost the entire overtime with just those five players. He didn't sub out any of them until – Jordan fouled out uh, at the very end of overtime and put Tyron Lawrence back in there. Uh, but yeah, the losing streaks, it, it's been disappointing because they've had stretches where they played pretty well. It felt like the Temple game got away. Um, SMU, they played one great half and then SMU uh, turned things up and got rolling in that second half. So yeah, you always, you have ups and downs during the course of a season and hopefully can turn things around with Austin P on Saturday. Yeah, Jermaine Mann's highest two minute totals have been the last two games. Um, and yeah. I might, frankly, they list him at 6'6". Six, six. I think that might be a little generous. <laughs> but for him, it doesn't seem to matter so far. I mean, he just, he hustles and goes, gets balls. He gives them second chances. I think when a team is struggling, you just need a little energy somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, I, that that might not be the worst move they can make. Yeah, he he probably plays bigger than his height. He's just a big body and gets in there and, and is physical and, you know, a guy looks like he knows how to play basketball. And, you know, sometimes you, you see freshmen come in and they're sort of raw talents. He's a guy, you put, you play some at Gardner Webb and um, he just looks like he knows how to play the game. So yeah, I definitely think you'll, you'll see that playing time be pretty consistent for him. Kevin, any parting thoughts before we end the show today? Oh, uh, just tune in. Uh, we'll have the game on Saturday, one thirty tip pregame at one o'clock for uh, Vanderbilt and Austin P and also want to uh, pass along condolences to uh, my, my broadcast partner, Tim Thompson, uh, his father passed away last week. They had the uh, visitation and the funeral yesterday, and I saw Tim, and, and I saw Joe Fisher, too, and it was great to, to see both those guys and uh, spend a little time with them. But uh, certainly thinking about Tim and his family during a, a tough stretch here for, the, for their group. 
Yeah, same here. And I know a lot of people, our listening audience, have have the same sentiments. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas. And we will see you again, goodness, I guess, in 2022. (laughs) Sounds like a plan, Chris. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.